Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, a presentation of Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called Life Study. This Life Study is the basis for our program today and includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's program. Zechariah chapter 3 begins with a vision of three persons standing together. The first was Joshua, the high priest of Israel, and next to him was Satan, who was accusing him and opposing him. The third person standing just before Joshua was the angel of Jehovah. This scene is repeated nearly every day in the life of God's chosen ones. Revelation 12 tells us that Satan, the adversary of God's people, is constantly accusing them, just as he was accusing Joshua before the Lord in Zechariah 3. And here the Lord deals with Satan, and Joshua is relieved, not because he wasn't guilty, but because Jehovah cleansed him and justified him. When we find ourselves being accused by the adversary, the key is to do as Joshua did, not to hide or pretend but to rely on God's work to deal with both the adversary and all of our failings. Bob Danker has joined us for our fellowship today. And Bob, I want to read Revelation 12.10 just to kind of set the tone. I uh, love this portion very much. It's very encouraging, isn't it? It certainly is, Chris. Revelation 12.10 says, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now has come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers has been cast down, who accuses them before our God day and night. Uh, We've all experienced that, haven't we? We have, Chris. We've experienced being accused by the adversary, who is Satan. It seems that Satan never sleeps. He's always looking for another opportunity to speak uh, to God concerning us in a negative way. And, of course, we hear this negative speaking within us, and it troubles us because we realize that, according to our fallen nature, it is true. We are unclean. We are sinful. We are a failure. And here we have Joshua, one of God's people, standing next to the adversary with God himself in front of him as the angel of Jehovah. Now, what would happen here? How would Joshua's need be met? Well, we'll see this uh, here in Zechariah chapter 3. Yeah, and I really appreciate a point that Witness Lee makes very early in our life study today, and that is that he relates this passage and the events happening taking place here in chapter 3 to a verse that we saw in our previous program in chapter 2. And uh, let me read that one now. Uh, In chapter 2, verse 2, And I said, Where are you going? And he said to me, To measure Jerusalem. Of course, this is talking about, again, the angel of Jehovah, who we know in type represents the Lord Jesus. To measure Jerusalem, to see how great its breadth is and how great its length is. Uh, And so this event taking place in chapter 3, where Joshua is before the angel of Jehovah, Satan is accusing him, is related to this measuring, isn't it? It is. It's a continuation of the measuring. Uh, Actually, at the end of the 70 years of captivity, God had brought a remnant of his people back to the good land, and now Jehovah was coming in again to repossess 
the city of Jerusalem. And this is indicated by his measuring the city. Now he comes to Joshua to measure Joshua, to take possession of Joshua so that Joshua can participate in the work of the rebuilding of God's dwelling place. Hmm. Zechariah 3, 1, Bob, Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of Jehovah, and Satan standing at his right hand to be his adversary. All right, here's Witness Lee with our life study today. We have to realize chapters 2, 3, and 4 are continuations of a vision concerning the angel of Jehovah. Here, the angel of Jehovah is taking care of Joshua. You have to know that chapter 3 is a continuation of the measuring in chapter 2. Now, Christ came to measure Joshua. This is his real care for Joshua. To do the same thing, if the Lord is coming to take care of us, surely we have to be measured by him. How are you? Don't say fine. No, you are not so fine. You better measure and see. Uh, At that time, Joshua was standing before the angel of Jehovah for the purpose to be measured. While Joshua is standing before the angel of Jehovah, another one by the name Satan is standing at his right hand. Satan was standing at the right hand of Joshua to be his adversary, to be his enemy. Could you see these three persons? The angel of Jehovah with the measure line to measure Joshua. Beside Joshua, Satan was there. Do you know, always in our Christian life, as one of God's chosen people, we are in a situation of three parties. All the time, God is right in front of us, and that evil one is just at our right hand. To do what? To oppose us, to be our adversary. Bob, there's a number of levels, it seems to me, to delve into this uh, scene. Um, some of them, at least one, very much individual, because it, if, it, this is so typical in our daily walk with the Lord. All believers are faced with this. You approach the Lord, you approach his presence, and immediately the accusations begin to come. And so often that frustrates us from uh, really entering in to the enjoyment and the presence of God if we don't know how to deal with it. So that's important to touch. At the same time, the context here is uh, in the great scheme of God's eternal purpose and the working out of his plan, isn't it? So there's a couple of ways to pick this matter up. Yes, Chris. Actually, at the time that Zechariah prophesied, a remnant of Israel had returned to the good land from Babylon in their captivity. And they actually went back in order to rebuild the temple, God's dwelling place on the earth. And ultimately, we know they rebuilt the city of Jerusalem and its wall under Nehemiah. But they met there when they arrived in the good land. They met with great opposition in their rebuilding work. And at one point, the building work was actually halted for a period of time. And then God sent the prophets, Haggai and Zechariah, to speak to the people 
to again awaken them so that they would rise up and continue the work of building up his dwelling place, the temple. Well, here we can see that the condition of the returned captives, although they had come from Babylon to Jerusalem, they had returned inwardly. Their condition was not very good. So here Joshua is standing here with filthy garments, which signify that his conduct, as symbolized by his garments, was not clean. He was still in the flesh, and he was unclean. Well, Satan was there to take advantage of the situation, to utilize Joshua's uncleanness to begin to accuse him. But God, the angel of Jehovah, was there to take care of Joshua and to meet his need, to take away the filthy garments, to remove his iniquity, and to clothe him with stately robes that were befitting his office as a priest. So that through Joshua the priest, and later we'll see through Zerubbabel, the governor, God could carry out the building work. This was God's goal, and the adversary was there to frustrate that work, and this really is what we face every day. We are God's people. We have the commission, the responsibility to build up the church as the body of Christ, the house of the living God on this earth, but we have an adversary who doesn't want to see this building work carried out, and so the accuser, Satan, stands at our right hand daily to take advantage of our poor condition in the flesh to accuse us before God. But then the Lord is there to rebuke the adversary and to take care of our situation so that we can go forward and continue the work of building. In the verses coming up here, we'll see how the Lord does deal with this uh, situation and Joshua's poor condition. And Joshua had the realization there's no point hiding here. I'm standing right before the angel of Jehovah. I'm standing right before the Lord, and my garments are filthy. We see that in these verses, but the Lord's way uh, of dealing with it is quite marvelous. But uh, I do think it's uh, very good that you were able to underscore right at the beginning here the context, because when Satan opposes us, when we're accused, when we're def- seemingly defeated, when we're wiped out, that's not just to frustrate our going on with the Lord. The real purpose of that frustration is to affect, slow down, hinder in any way he can this building work that God is so desperately interested in. That's right, Chris. And marvelous. Bob, let's look at these verses. We saw that Joshua standing precariously with Satan at his right hand and the Lord before him. And in verse 2, Jehovah said to Satan, Jehovah rebuke you. Satan indeed, Jehovah who has chosen Jerusalem, rebuke you. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before the angel. And he answered and spoke to those standing before him, saying, Remove the filthy garments from him. Then he said to him, See, I hereby make your iniquity pass from you and clothe you with stately robes. And he said, Let them put a clean turban upon his head. And they put the clean turban upon his head and clothed him with garments while the angel of Jehovah stood by. What a marvelous picture of our New Testament redemption and justification in Christ. Truly marvelous. Wow. All right, let's go back to Witness Lee. The angel of Jehovah, the Lord, rebuked Satan. Then he turned to Joshua. Joshua was clothed with filthy garments, 
and by standing before the angel. Such a situation, how could Joshua be at peace? Satan beside him, dirty garments upon him, and the angel of Jehovah, who is the Holy of Holies. Suppose you were Joshua, could you stand there? Now what should you do? What should you do? Run away? And you cannot run away. To remain there, how to hide yourself? Just be exposed in front of the angel of Jehovah. Then the angel of Jehovah answered and spoke to those standing before him. Those standing before him made, I believe, Joshua more shameful, saying, remove the filthy garment from him. He said to Joshua, behold, I hereby make your iniquity pass from you. What I'm doing here is not just to take away the filthy garment, but to make your iniquity pass from you, just like the Lord Jesus did to his disciples, washing their feet. I'm washing you, I'm cleansing you, to make your iniquity pass from you, and close you with stately robes. Now, Joshua is proper. How are you? Now, Joshua, I'm okay. But still, don't say this. Your robe is changed, but your turban was still dirty. So, verse 5 says, And he said, Let them put a clean turban upon your head. And they put the clean turban upon Joshua's head and clothed him with garments while the angel Jehovah stood by. And this means Joshua was fully cleansed before Christ as the serving angel of Jehovah. This is the strengthening to Joshua, the high priest. Bob, listening to this, I couldn't help but think of uh, Revelation 22, 14. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into the city. Um, Maybe you could take a moment here. There's such a practical, helpful picture here of how to deal with the accusations, deal with the enemy before the Lord that I think would help all of those listening in their walk with the Lord. Maybe you could... Uh, touch it from that angle. Yes, Chris. Uh, Actually, as we stand before the Lord, who is the Holy One and the Righteous One, we have no place to hide. We're fully exposed in His light and by His holiness and His righteousness. We are exposed as being the opposite of what He is. We are exposed as being clothed with filthy garments, full of iniquities and failures. But we have to realize that the Lord is for us. He is absolutely for us because through us, he intends 
to accomplish his eternal purpose, to build up his church as his dwelling place on the earth. So the Lord has to do something for us to strengthen us and establish us and make our condition proper so that we can carry out his purpose. And this he does through his wonderful redemption. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Before we cared at all about the Lord, he died to take away our sins, to cleanse our garments, even to change our garments, to give us new garments, and to take our iniquity away from us, and to clothe us with stately robes. Now, these robes, of course, were the high priestly robes, which are described in Exodus chapter 28, beautiful garments that signify the expression of Christ in his divine glory and his human beauty, something beautiful. And this is Christ himself who becomes our new garment, that we could be justified by God and we can live before God as a priest of God to serve him in his house for the building up of his dwelling place. Mm. So the Lord is not our adversary. (laughs) Satan is our adversary. He's the one who would frustrate the building work. But the Lord is absolutely for the building work, and he's for us who are the builders and the ones through whom he carries out his building. So he has met our need. He has taken away our iniquities. He has removed our filthy garments and replaced these garments with stately robes. Mm -hmm. We have to see this vision and this picture of how the Lord meets our need in this kind of a situation in which we find ourselves. You know, it seems that Joshua, at this moment, we have to infer here, it's not said in so many letters on the page, but his eyes at that point were not on Satan, the one accusing. Neither really were his eyes on his own filthy garments. His eyes were on Jehovah, and Jehovah makes the statement, you are clothed in filthy garments. And Joshua had to just nod and agree. And based on that, the Lord then takes the step of cleansing him, removing the filthy garments and, and clothing him with the stately robes. This is our should be always be our attitude, shouldn't it? Exactly, Chris. We have to agree, yes, I am clothed with filthy garments, but I'm here. I'm not hiding. I'm not running away. Right. I present myself before you. Only you, Lord, can meet my need and change my condition. Wow. Really good. Well, let's, uh, I'm intrigued to see how this uh, message draws to a conclusion today. Let's go back to Witness Lee. And the angel Jehovah testified to Joshua. Thus says Jehovah of hosts, If you will walk in my ways, and if you will keep my charge, then you will both judge my house. God did have his administration among Israel. In that divine administration, there were three kinds of offices. Firstly, the priest. Secondly, the king. And thirdly, the prophets. The high priest represents the duty to be clear about things to bring things concerning God's people to God and to wait on God until he will receive a definite 
answer, telling him how to do the things, what he has to take care of. Then he receives God's decision, God's instruction. Then he would pass on this decision or this instruction to the king for administration. Then the king would do things to rule over the people according to God's instruction and decision given through the high priest. Uh, the high priest went to God to receive God's enlightenment, to receive God's answer as a kind of a instruction to his people. Now, could you see these two offices? But sometimes both the priest and the king were weak, were not that adequate. Sometimes maybe the king was inadequate, or the priest was inadequate. So God raised up the prophet to speak for him. Here in this scene, you see Josiah the high priest, and you see Zerubbabel as the king, the governor of Judah. And they were quite weak. So Zechariah came as the prophet to prophesy for God, to speak for God, to strengthen both of them. This is the picture. This may help you to understand the whole thing here. Bob, I think this is a very good point to conclude on, given especially the way we began, that the point here of uh, all we're seeing in this scene is the strengthening so that the rebuilding work could go forward. In this context, God has an administration on the earth, doesn't he? And these three functions or these three offices, as they were in the Old Testament, are even still present with us today, aren't they, in terms of God's administration to carry out this building work? That's right, Chris. All of us, according to Peter's word in First Peter chapter 2, we are a kingdom of priests. We are a royal priesthood. We are priests to God, and we are kings reigning with God in his administration. And in that same chapter, Peter speaks about our being built up as a spiritual house. So there you have the house, there you have the priesthood, there you have the kingship uh, for the building up of God's house. Here, it's very wonderful. God's administration began with the priest who went into his presence to get a word from the Lord concerning what he should do or how things should be done. This really is a picture of the way we need to live as God's priests, always in the Lord's presence, not doing things, not initiating things ourselves, but always receiving the Lord's word concerning the situation, how to do things, what to do. Then the priest would go to the king and speak the word of the Lord to the king, and then the king would be the administrator to carry out the things that the priest had received from the Lord in the Lord's presence. And, of course, when the kingship and or the priesthood were weak, as they were in this case, uh, here in the book of Zechariah, God sent the prophet to speak to the priest and the king, to strengthen them, to establish them so that they could rise up to carry out their functions for the rebuilding 
of God's dwelling place. It's exactly the same today. We need to be those who are priests, who are kings. Sometimes our condition is not that strong, so we need the word of the Lord through the prophet to come to us, to enlighten us, to strengthen us, to cause us to be in a proper situation again so that we can carry out God's plan. So in God's New Testament working out, or we would say his economy, there is the universal kingship of all the believers. There's the universal priesthood of all the believers. And of course, Paul tells us that all can prophesy. So even the prophethood is uh, invested in all the members, isn't it? That's right, Chris. This is a marvelous picture. I tell you, when these three are operating in this context where all are prophesying, all are exercising their priestly function, all are really ruling and reigning in life as co-kings with Christ, when this is going on in the church, there's really a lot of building work taking place. Amen. Good fellowship today. Wonderful message, wasn't it? Absolutely, Chris. Well, and we'll just keep going and continue enjoying these wonderful messages from the uh, book of Zechariah. Of all of these uh, Old Testament books of uh, the prophets and the history, Zechariah is particularly positive, it seems. The negative uh, situations are there, but it seems uh, message after message, there's a lot of uh, encouragement, strengthening. Uh, Really, we see things from Jehovah's perspective, don't we, in terms of strengthening and rebuilding the people to do the work. That's right. Uh, If you'd like to find out about getting for yourself a copy of the printed life study of Zechariah, contact us our toll-free number 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. For Bob Danker, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. To contact us, please call toll-free 888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.